Good morning. This is John Murtha with Power 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. We're very happy that you tuned in on this beautiful autumn morning. I'm here at our station in Lorain with our station engineer, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. And also my assistant, David Abu. David. Good morning, John. Good to be here. How are you? Real good. Great day. Great morning. Last week uh, on the show, we had a great discussion as we looked into the scriptures about the Trinity. Yeah. This is a foundational doctrinal principle throughout Christian history, but more importantly, it's biblical. And it's a point of attack that critics will come after the our Christian faith on the Trinity. And we looked at many verses, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I wanted to pick that up again, David, and kind of look at it again. And some of the things we didn't talk about, hopefully we'll talk about this morning. But then we'll go, that slides right into the deity of Jesus Christ. You right. know, in yeah. almost a month, a little mm -hmm. bit, uh, a month and a half, we'll be celebrating Christmas, you know, the incarnation. And we're going to look at that. That, that the, the key with Christmas, of course, is the incarnation, that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Mm -hmm. And that makes it different than any other belief or religion on this planet. And so uh, we're going to look at this uh, about the Trinity. Last week I actually closed with a verse I'm going to open up in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, it's actually the last verse in 2 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And in that single verse, in this blessing, we see the Trinity. And of course, we see the Trinity as we look through the uh, Old Testament. And we looked a little bit, and we're going to pick up on this again in John chapter 1. Uh, where it says, in the beginning. That sounds very much like Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same way in Genesis, we see this idea of singular. There's one God. He didn't say in the beginning there's many gods. But it says, let us make man in our own image. So you see this singularity, one God, but you see let us make man in our. It's implied that there's some type of relationship within God or within the Godhead. Right, yeah. So that's what we were looking at uh, as we went through it. And of course, John 1 says that in the beginning, and that means throughout all eternity, there was God. The Word was God, but the Word is different than the God. So we're going to see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then, of course, it says, by Him all things were made. That is to say, the mm -hmm. Word, which is Jesus. And he's going to talk about His creative power, it's going to go on to say, in him was life. He's the yeah. life giver, the light of men. All these attributes that belong to God and God alone are ascribed to Jesus Christ. You, you know, John, as we were prepping for the show, I mean, I, I absolutely love this topic because, you know, it's the foundation of our faith. And, you know, it's important to get Jesus' identity right because if we deny the deity of Jesus, then we do not have the Father. Uh, and that's in 1 John 2, 23, and in John 5, 23. I mean, it's so important. we, we got to have that peace mm -hmm. to understand the, the foundation of our faith. And then it all flows. Yeah, if we don't have this, it's like if when you build a house or a building, you have to have those footers or those pillars, those foundational pillars. If they're not there, you can make a very attractive building, but it's not going to last. Right. It's not going to stand the test of time. Yeah. And, of course, that that's what we, we're going to see uh, when we looked at the Trinity in the Old Testament, we were looking at in Isaiah uh, chapter 48, uh, verse 16 and 17. Um, maybe whoever has that, they may want to read that. 
Isaiah chapter uh, 48, verse 16 and 17. Okay. Wanda, you have that. Thank you. <laughs> Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. And verse 17. Wanda. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou should go. In those two verses, we could spend the whole morning yeah. on discussing the doctrinal and the promises contained therein. But notice the one thing God says here, come near to me. Yeah. See this word C-O-M-E, mm -hmm. we serve an invitational God. Yeah. We have to remember that. It says in Isaiah, uh, come, let us reason together. Mm -hmm. It's like a father with his uh, wayward son. Come on, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, come unto me, yeah. all you that labor and are yeah. heavy laden, and I will... See the invitational? Yes. Yes. God's not yeah. running away from us. Or You see what I'm saying? He's, he's mm -hmm. like a father. He is yeah. a father. Yeah. But he's invitational. At the end of the uh, book of Revelation, it says, mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit and the bride say, come. Let you drink from the water freely, living water. Do you understand this? Yeah. It's just like when God says to Noah, come, right. come now into the ark. So right from the beginning, it says, God says, come near to me. Do you realize God wants us to be near to him? Yeah, he wants a personal relationship. If with you somebody. really love somebody, yeah. a parent, a child, yeah. a friend, Absolutely. a friend, a teammate, a teammate, yeah. you want to be close to yes. that person. Absolutely. And when you're apart from that person, what do you do? You're calling them, yeah. you're Skyping yeah. them. This is just the nature of yeah. love. Yeah. And he says, Come near to me. Uh, I've not spoken in secret. In other words, this is not a big secret. Mm -hmm. I want to reveal you this stuff. Mm -hmm. Remember we said in Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, the secret things belong to God and him alone. Mm -hmm. But the things that he has revealed, he's revealed to us and to our children. Mm -hmm. That is to say the next generation. Uh -huh. So he says, God says, I want to show you this. From the beginning, there's that word of beginning again. Genesis 1 in the beginning. Yeah. John 1 in the beginning. See how this ties? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He says, from that time, it was, I was there. Who was there? Well, it's the one the Lord God is going to send. Well, <laughs> this is Jesus speaking yes. through the prophet Isaiah. Yeah. I was there, and now the Lord God, the Father, and his spirit have sent me. Yeah. Think about the baptism yes. of Jesus in the Jordan. He gets baptized. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit comes down in a dove. The voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son. For God so loved the world, he gave or sent his only gift. So that's wrapped up here. This is 600 years before Jesus comes. Yeah. And he says, um, and now the Lord God has and his spirit have sent me. You see Trinity there right in that verse. Mm -hmm. But verse 17, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. Mm. Notice these titles here that are assigned to this one that's being sent by God the Father. The Lord, your Redeemer. Mm -hmm. Do you notice this? It's not our Redeemer. It's your Redeemer. What does it mean, this term redeemer? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to redeem? To redeem something. Mm -hmm. To renew, to, to yeah. To, you to ever cleanse, think of a pawn shop? Yeah, to cleanse, to... to if, if, if you needed money and you took yeah. your uh, guitar mm -hmm. to a pawn shop, they give you some money, right. very decreased price, yeah. but mm -hmm. they give you a ticket. Mm -hmm. That's called a redemption ticket. Okay. So when you get the money, okay. you go back and you buy back. You oh. redeem, you okay. purchase back. Uh -huh. You see, we've been purchased back mm. by the blood of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. We've been purchased. 
And that that's why that title he's just not our he's the Lord yeah mm -hmm. but he's our redeemer. redeemer he's your redeemer David yeah. he's your redeemer why yes. do you understand this yes. personalized mm -hmm. he's the redeemer and the holy one what do the demons cry out when Jesus comes and confronts them and casts them out oh thou holy one of Israel what mm -hmm. do we have to do with you even mm -hmm. they cry out this yeah. title holy one of Israel mm -hmm. uh, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Yeah. How many want to be taught how to profit? Yeah. Jesus oh, yeah. says, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Yeah. See, really, as parents, we want our children to succeed yeah. socially, mm -hmm. financially, educationally, intellectually, every direction, spiritually. Mm -hmm. so how much more so our Heavenly Father? So here he says, come on, I want to teach you how to live a victorious life. How mm -hmm. to, and he, it's all contained within this verse. But what I like contained within this verse is the Trinity. Yeah. The Lord God, by His Spirit, has sent me. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, these, these, if you understand the way God's Word goes, it's an unfolding process. Yeah. Even in nature, we see this process. So in Genesis, we catch his glimpses of the Trinity. For example, when God says to, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 to Eve, um, about the, sa the Satan, uh, there will be there you guys are going to be in conflict the seed of the man and the seed of the serpent but one day the seed of the woman will crush the head of the seed of the serpent mm -hmm. but in the process his heel will get he'll be wounded in that yeah. process and of course Jesus was wounded for our transgressions but right there you see this idea this coming one he's going to destroy the works of the enemy mm -hmm. but in the process he's going to suffer a bruising yeah. so right back then but what God's word does what the trinity it on Fold. And by the time you get to the New Testament, it's in full light. Mm -hmm. It's just like in nature. You put a little acorn in your backyard. Well, it doesn't become a 30-foot oak tree no. in three days. Uh -huh. it's, it first comes a little, a little seedling, and then it becomes a little stem coming out of the ground. Then it becomes a little sapling. Then it starts growing, and then before you know it, it's, it's sprouting leaves, and it's got more acorns. So it's a continual unfolding process. So too spiritually, so too biblically. Mm -hmm. God's truth go through an unfolding process. Yeah, Wonderful. yeah. As uh, you were you were sharing, it when we have a redeemer for those who are listening and who are who are struggling with even forgiving themselves, he he went through a process to win us back, and he's not going to go through all of that. For us to struggle with mm -hmm. forgiving ourselves and forgiving our own transgressions mm -hmm. or shortfallings, he paid that price completely, totally sealed, delivered. You know. Yeah, I think you bring up a very good point, Wanda, because this touches on the whole thing where there's Christians living today that are living under the guilt of mm -hmm. forgiven sins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now this is very important because in Romans chapter eight, verse one says, "There's now there's no condemnation." Mm -hmm. For those that are in Christ Jesus, yeah. what happens is depends what voice we listen to. Mm -hmm. If we listen to the accuser of the brethren, mm -hmm. he's going to say, "Look, you call yourself a Christian. Look what you did. Look what happened back yeah. there three years ago." Yeah. If we li listen to our own voice, yeah. we'll say, "Who am I?" Right. Yeah. Right. But if we listen to the voice of the Word of God, He says, "There's no condemnation, There's no condemnation. for those." We have to learn how how to relax. That's right. In the in the That's sonship, it. in the in the daughtership mm. of that of our Heavenly Father, mm -hmm. we're accepted in the beloved, not because of what we've done. But because of his grace, the prodigal had nothing to give his father when he come back. Nothing. Wow. He didn't even look good, you know. Yeah. I mean, coming back yeah. from a pigsty. Yeah. But he got the robe, the ring, the the music, the fatted calf. 
and and I, I I encounter people in my travels, literally. You know, I, I minister in different, even overseas, where they still. I says, why are you suffering that guilt from sins that are already covered by the blood of yeah. Jesus Christ? They go, well, I don't feel forgiven. I says, it's not based on your feelings. It's yeah. based on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I said, you don't have to call your father three times a week to ask him if you're still his son, do you? Oh mm. uh, no. I mean, you, you rest in the, your sonship. Yeah. Now, be a good son. Learn yeah, what right. pleases the Father. But yeah. don't, don't put your... See, what happens when we are justified, we're by faith through the blood of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. our Redeemer, mm-hmm. we go from the courtroom to the living room. Mm. We go from the courtroom to the living room. Mm-hmm. And too many of us are walking ourselves back into the courtroom yeah. and saying, are you sure, Judge, I'm forgiven? Are you sure yeah. the penalties are paid? Yeah. He wants us to move to the living room. Mm-hmm. That's where he took the prodigal yeah. into the living room. Absolutely. With the music, the fellowship, mm-hmm. the food. Well, you know, um, we were doing a theme in church uh, with Martin Luther. And, you know, the game changer uh, several hundred years ago was the fact that he came into it, read the Bible, and said, you know what, you don't have to pay to have your sins forgiven. You don't have to pay even financially to the Catholic Church to have your sins forgiven. This is a close personal relationship with Christ. And if the enemy comes up to you and attacks you, you say, so what? I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner because, and, and we're forgiven. We have Christ Jesus in our life. And that, that changes the game. The, the other thing that the faith does once you get it and we were talking about this in the car to me, mm-hmm. you know, I like to visualize, it's like an armored vest. Mm-hmm. You know, you put your armor on with it because every day is a battle with the enemy. We are in a fallen world. And when you realize you're forgiven, all those things that go on in your head about I'm not a good enough mother, I'm not a good enough father, mm-hmm. I failed in this endeavor, you know, I broke up this relationship, that all goes away. Mm-hmm. And you use that armor so if bullets come, it, it's akin to a police officer going up to a car in front of him. He has his bulletproof vest on. He trusts the vest. Mm-hmm. And so he comes out, he's walking up, and this guy comes out of the car who's high, and he's like, oh, my God, he's pulling his gun out. He's going to shoot me. Mm-hmm. But he trusts the vest. He knows he can't get in front of the guy to, to take him down mm-hmm. in an arm wrestle. So he trusts the vest, takes the impact of the shots, and then it turns into a gunfight. Mm-hmm. But the only way that worked is he stayed calm mm-hmm. in that situation and let the bullets hit him mm-hmm. because he trusted the vest. And, and we just watched this video the other day, John, mm-hmm. Christ Revealed, where, where that uh, you know, scenario was, was talked about. And that's what our faith is all about. We're forgiven. And, and then we can move on every day and realize that. Yeah, I mean, there's a term in legal, Wanda, you would know this, mm-hmm. uh, double indemnity. In other words, you cannot yeah. be charged and prosecuted for a crime mm-hmm. that's yeah. already been, you've right. been released from, mm-hmm. declared right. innocent to. Right. And in a sense, we've been justified. Romans yeah. talks about mm-hmm. that in five and Romans chapter mm-hmm. 5 and chapter 6. So we, the, the accuser of the brethren is the one that comes. That's yes. one of the chief things. And we have an advocate mm-hmm. uh, in heaven, right. Jesus Christ, right. who's our yeah. intercedes yes, for us yeah. on that video. Yeah. But we have to say, like Jesus says, when he was tempted in the wilderness, Jesus, it is written. Yeah. It is written. Mm-hmm. See, it's not, do I feel this? Do I think this? I hope. I. It is written. If, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Yeah. Behold, yeah. all things are passed yeah. away. That's Everything nice to is, think about. Well, we got to <laughs> think about it a lot. Because we're, we're forgetful people. Absolutely. We tend to be a forgetful people. Mm-hmm. That's why I use mm-hmm. the acronym SAD. Mm-hmm. We're spiritually attention deficit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's why Peter no says, yeah. Peter is always saying, I want to put you in memory of this. I want to remind you of this. 
we tend to be spiritually attention yes. deficit children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just helps to be reminded. Yeah. So back to the Trinity uh, again. When you see the the baptismal formula, when Jesus is baptized in the Jordan, mm-hmm. you you see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and at the end of Jesus' ministry, when he gives the Great Commission in Matthew twenty eight. He says, "Go baptize, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my in the in the, in the, in the, the name fire. name singular mm-hmm. of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." Mm-hmm. So, baptism at the beginning, baptism at the end, mm-hmm. both have these Trinity elements in mm-hmm. there. And that, then he says, "I'll be with you to the end of the age." So, this is never going to stop yeah. this idea of the, of the Trinity. And so, we, one thing we didn't touch on, David, is where the Trinity is in um, when we look at the resurrection or our sanctification. Um, it's very interesting because Jesus talks about. Let's let's take the resurrection for a moment. Um, if you look at Acts chapter two, verse thirty-two, uh, well, this is a, a Peter's famous uh, Pentecost sermon. But Acts chapter two, uh, verse thirty-two. What is he saying there? Who, who's doing the resurrection uh, activity? I think I got it here. You got okay. it? 32. Uh, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God. Okay. Yeah. Who raised him? The, and, God and, and, God there you go. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Wanda. Yes. God the Father. Now look at John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And we're going to look at 28 and 29. Okay. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, mm-hmm. and all and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Okay, now here Jesus is talking about he can bring forth uh, life unto you know uh, in, in, in the resurrection, and Jesus says. Look, no man takes my life from me, but what? I, I lay it down yeah. willingly. I have yeah. the power to lay it down. Yeah. I have the power to take it up. Yeah. That's why Jesus is called the resurrection and the life. Uh-huh. But then when you come to, so you see God the Father, mm-hmm. Jesus, and then when you come to Romans 8, verse 11. <clears throat> Romans 8, verse 11. Saturday? I don't. Go okay. ahead. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Okay, now who's raising Jesus there? What is the spirit? The spirit. Uh-huh. See the Holy Spirit. The Holy so spirit. what I'm getting at is when you look at these major episodes in the resurrection, in our sanctification and uh-huh. redemption, you'll see the Trinity. Mm-hmm. is in operation uh-huh. you see we don't fully understand it you know some people say to me well i don't understand the trinity therefore it can't be true uh-huh. because i don't understand something does not mean it's not true absolutely but is it been revealed mm-hmm. you know like my my old preacher friend used to say he says i don't know how a brown cow eats green grass and gives white milk but i like vanilla milkshake <laughs> I, you know, there's things in the Bible I don't fully understand. Yeah. There's mysteries, okay? Yes. This my- I don't I don't really understand fully my own human body. Mm. You go to sleep at night, think about it. Yeah. Your heart, mm. you're the- and if there's if you smell smoke or something, you, it, there's a little alarm system in there that tells you to wake up. Yeah. That's miraculous. Absolutely. We don't think about it, but that's a miracle. So there's mysteries. We're surrounded by mysteries. Absolutely. But it's not if we understand it. 
fully? Is it been revealed mm -hmm. fully? Right. Uh, and somebody, uh, other person said to me, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. I says, okay, I want to tell you some other words that aren't in the Bible. Mm -hmm. The word rapture is in the Bible. The word millennium is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Incarnation, the word is not in the Bible. Divinity is in the Bible. Don't you think these are important words? Amen. I says, yeah. the word omnipotent, God is all powerful, is in the Bible in Revelation 19, 6. But the word omniscient, that is to say God knows everything, that's not in the Bible. Hmm. But he's described as omniscient. Uh -huh. You see, yeah. all of these words that I listed, mm -hmm. they're not, the exact mm -hmm. word isn't mm -hmm. there, but they're, it's yeah. described. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's descriptive as The same thing, yeah. uh, omnipresent. Mm -hmm. That word, specific word, only, but God says in the Psalms, he's everywhere. In him we live and move and have our mm -hmm. being. So because a specific word, incarnation, divinity, millennium, is not does not mean that that truth is not explained and described that is encapsulated in that word. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if somebody yeah. says to you, well, I don't see the word Trinity. Well, there's a whole list of words, yeah. specific words, yeah. but are those truth of those words described and encapsulated mm -hmm. uh, throughout the Bible? And so uh, mm. so we get, let's look a little about the indwelling, uh, God indwelling in believers, and we'll turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And look at verse 6. I can get that one. Okay. John chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, okay. You want to keep going? Uh, no. That's okay. where he's, he's talking. There's only one way uh, to Christ, and that he is now uh, going to indwell Believers, look at verse twenty, David. If you okay, sure. Verse twenty. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Mm. He says, "Now, who's in us? Who's he saying there?" That he's in us. He's in us. Yeah. But back up just a little bit, uh -huh. and if you look at uh, look at verse seventeen. Verse seventeen. The Spirit. Uh, I'm six. Let's okay. go with sixteen and seventeen. Okay, and I will ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit yeah. of truth. Yeah. The world cannot accept him mm. because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and you will and will be in you. In you. Who yeah. will be in us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Do you right. see the Trinity in those yes. two verses? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. One more. Let's look at verse uh look at verse twenty three. Wanda, if you'd read uh, verse twenty three. Of the same chapter? Uh-huh. Okay. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, come unto him and make our abode with him. Who? Who in that verse? He and the Father. Yes. Absolutely. So th th this is mysterious yeah, because yeah. he says the Holy Spirit is in you. We all say that. Uh -huh. But in some unique way, Christ is in some... We don't understand it fully, but we just trust the Word of God. And mm -hmm. all I know is that the fullness of God yeah. somehow dwells, dwells in these in earthen this. vessels. Yes. That's why this is the greatest mystery, yes, Paul is. says in Colossians 1. Yes. Hidden throughout all the ages. What is it? Christ in you. Yes. The hope of glory. Yes. All other religions are informational. Mm -hmm. Christianity is transformational. Mm. We must remember this. And I'm not knocking it, but I mean, I lived in the Orient for years. There's, there's, you follow noble truths, you know, mm -hmm. don't be a drunkard, don't do this, don't do that, mm -hmm. meditate, pray five times a day, don't mm -hmm. eat pork, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. but Christianity is not like, Christianity is an inner, an inner heart operation, a heart transplant. Mm -hmm. We were once dead, 
but through Christ we're made alive. It's mm -hmm. all transfer. Jesus is about transformation. Yeah. That's why when you study the miracles, water, he didn't make the water better water. <laughs> he changed it to wine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The deaf to hearing. <clears throat> the mm -hmm. blind to sight. Yeah. The yeah. dead to life. Yeah. That's all transformational yeah. stuff. Jesus yeah. says, I make all things new. Yeah. This is what we want. Yeah. I always tell people, Jesus didn't die on the cross and rise from the dead to make nice people nicer. No. He died on the cross and rolled from the grave to make dead people like John Murtha alive. You <laughs> see? Yeah. That's, that's the beauty. And when you see the Trinity in operation like yeah. this, it's a beautiful thing. Right. It's just like when we pray. We pray as we're empowered and guided by the Holy Spirit. But our only access to our Heavenly Father is through Jesus yes, Christ. Yes. See, when we say, he says, well, if you pray in my name, you've mm. asked nothing in my name. Well, when you go to a bank and you take a check, they don't even care about the amount. What are they looking for on that check? Your signature. Who signed it? Who yeah. signed it, yeah. And if we can check that against our account, right, he's got $10 million right. and you're going to get a withdrawal of 100000 Okay, yeah. no problem. Yeah. I don't care. They don't care how they much is care. on it. Yeah. They want to know whose name. Yeah. Well, when we go to cash a check with our Heavenly Father, you know, in prayer and petition, I do it in the name of Jesus, yeah. not on my good works, because I don't have 10 no. bucks in my account. Yeah. <laughs> David, you were going to say. No, you know, John, as you and I started, you know, to study this, uh, you know, when you first brought me into the Word, you know, the key again was making sure that, that I understood that the deity of, of Christ that he is the Son of God. That's it. And in 1 John 2, verse 23, I don't know that it could be any clearer than this mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Mm. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Mm. It, you know, it, it's almost a, a warning. You know, mm -hmm. you you got to get this to understand the faith. And what I'm telling you is true. It goes back to what we first talked about when I got started with you on my walk. Is this the Word of God, or is it not? There you go. You can't take parts of it, five and six chapters, and throw out the rest of the of the book. You either believe it's the Word of God all the way through, or none of this will make sense. Right, right. At least it didn't make sense for me if I didn't get that piece. It's a unified whole. This right. message system is a singular unit. Right. Oh, remember, Jesus may have owned only one thing on this planet when he walked the planet earth we know he didn't have a house because he says the foxes have hold the birds have uh, have nests the son of man has nowhere to lay his head yeah, even right. when in his death it was a rich man's tomb the only thing jesus may have owned was his robe mm. and you know why the soldiers didn't cut that up at the foot of the cross yeah it was the it was, was the seamless. one yeah it was one piece it was seamless right. they couldn't find the beginning of the end that made it precious it's like the word of god mm -hmm. it's yeah. seamless that's why jesus says in john chapter 10 scripture cannot be broken so we'll pick it up on the other side, and we're going to look at this in a moment. But the, that's unifying effect of the Word of God to us. Thank you. Good morning. This is John Murtha welcoming you back to Power 89.1 FM Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. I'm in the station with Wanda Ewing. Hi. Good morning. And David Abood. Good morning. And we, again, are looking at, uh, last week we started this whole study on the Trinity and the importance of that doctrine of the Trinity, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, of course, you can't hardly study the Trinity without going into the deity of Jesus Christ. My own belief is that once you can get that firmly planted, the deity of Jesus Christ, yeah. it's easier to grasp uh, the Trinity. And you, we left off before the song in 1 John, David. And if we turn back there, um, we can see something that uh, in 1 John chapter 5, if you look at verse 10... 
1 John chapter 5, verse 10. And whoever has that, if they okay. just read it. Okay. 1 John chapter 10, uh -huh. verse 5. Chapter 5, verse 10. Got it? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. I, I picked okay. up the wrong one. Okay. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in, this, in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Now that's very important. What the, the God is saying here it says, "He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself." Mm -hmm. See, when we study the Scripture, it's objective truth. But if we'll accept this and receive Christ, we'll have a subjective feeling. Mm -hmm. We don't start out with subjective feeling because anybody can say, "Well, I felt this," or "I did this." But once the truth leads you to this, that's why it'll say in Romans chapter eight. Uh, our, we have the Holy Spirit because it actually cries out within us, mm -hmm. Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to describe this to unbelievers, but there's a process. You'll know that Jesus says in John chapter 7, verse 17, if you'll continue in my doctrine, you'll know. Mm. It's a personal. Mm -hmm. But we start out with objective truth. So he says here, he who does not believe God has made him a liar because he, what does he not believe? The testimony that God has given what? His son. His son. Yeah. The DNA. Yeah. 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 And people yeah. say, well, he's the son of God. He's not God. Well, my expression is, look, what is the son of a wolf? Mm. Yeah. A wolf. A wolf. <laughs> so yeah. when you get this son of God. <laughs> and now go down. He says, verse 11, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Mm -hmm. And this life is in his son. Yeah. Now, this verse 12 is very important. Okay. Notice it's all one syllable. Hmm. He who has the Son has life. Light. Yeah. He who does not have the Son of God does not, not have life. life. Yeah. God could make this no simpler. No. It's not, oh, are you Presbyterian? Are you Baptist? Uh -huh. Are you this? Do you have life or do you not have life? Now, again, God wants all people. That's why God says, God's not willing that any should perish. Yeah. But, that, but there's your working definition yeah. of a Christian. So, how can we? Increase this assurance. Somebody might say, I, I received Christ, but I don't, I, I don't have the assurance. Look at verse 13. Okay. These things I have written to you, mm -hmm. the Word of God, yeah. who believe, written for Christians, in the name of the Son of God, that you might no. know you have eternal life. Yeah. So if somebody receives Christ and they have a shaky faith, they're not like, well, I don't know about it. It's because they don't, they're don't. they not basing it on the Word of God. They're yeah. basing it on their feelings. Yeah. Feelings come and go. Yeah. Feelings are great. Uh, they, they're great to follow you. They're like your shadow. They're great to follow, but they cannot lead. Yeah. You lead with truth and allow feelings to catch up. If you allow feelings, that's why people get in so much trouble. Mm -hmm. I felt I should do this. I felt I did. You know, they get in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. But if you lead with the Word of God, you might know you have eternal life and that you continue to believe. In other words, you know. And if you, then verse 14, then you'll have confidence in him that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Yeah. So here we have the assurance of salvation, but we also have the assurance that our prayers will be answered. Amen. You see how important it is to yeah. be word-based. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that we're just mm -hmm. cutting through that. Hmm. Okay, so we get back to the deity of Christ. And let's look a little bit in the uh, Old Testament. If we turn to Zechariah chapter 12 for a moment. Zechariah, one, what's, what's, it's actually known as one of the minor prophets. Uh, Zechariah chapter 12, um, and verse uh, 10. Got it, Joe? Yeah, I got it. Okay. 
And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. Okay, mm. now look what's being said here. This is oh, 700 yeah. years before wow. our Lord comes. Mm. He, God, I, first person, this isn't the, the prophet Zechariah. Mm-hmm. I will pour out on the house of David the Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And they will look on me. This is God speaking, mm-hmm. whom they, Israel, have what? Pierced. Pierced. Yeah. Wow. Now, this is, <laughs> this is God speaking. When was God pierced? Okay, mm-hmm. and in capital punishment in the Old Testament in Israel, what was the mode of capital punishment generally speaking? Stoning, yeah, yeah. not piercing. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's God saying they're going to look. I mean, when I give the Holy Spirit, like on the day of Pentecost, they're going to they're going to have the realization and look upon me, whom they have pierced, and they will mourn or weep and mm-hmm. repent. You see, but this is God saying I'm pierced. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Evidence, you, you follow the evidence where it takes you. How can you have these kind of statements made by God in the Old Testament and then sweep them under the rug and say it doesn't mean anything? It's just so difficult. It is. You see, it's yeah. very difficult to do. Yeah. So if you stay with that and then turn back to Psalm 22 uh, as we look at the deity of Christ, and again, we may do another show on this because it's such yeah, a big so topic, topic and it's yeah. so important mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Because it's an attack point. What do you want on Psalm 22? Well, if you look at verse 1. Yeah. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, stop right there. Where did you hear that before? Christ on the cross. Christ on the cross. Now, everybody that knew Hebrew script, everybody that knew the scriptures that was around the cross that day knew that that came from a psalm. It was an opening verse to this psalm. Why that psalm? Why did Jesus say that? Well, if you go down and look at... Um, verse uh, seven, mm-hmm. and who see me? But uh, all who see me mock me. Mm. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Mm. Okay, and then he says, "Then what are they saying to him?" Verse eight. He trusts in the Lord. They say, "Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him." So mm. this is written in the first person of somebody looking at people yeah. that are ridiculing, yeah. scorning him, and. Uh, saying, hey, that's what they said to Jesus. Save yourself. If you're God, save yourself. But look what he says in verse uh, 12 and 13. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open, their mouths wide against me. Okay. Now, he's looking down. They're scorning. They're mocking him. But this term, strong bulls of Bashan, and lions, often Gentiles were described like this. We know Gentiles were described as dogs, for example, because yeah. they didn't eat kosher. But strong bulls of Bashan, you're looking down, he's looking down, he's seeing Roman soldiers mm, in yeah. full gear, but you know, wicked men, uh, cruel men in armor, looking, raging, roaring. And then he says in verse 14, if you have that one to... Okay, I am poured out like water, and all of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Notice this. His, you're stretched out, let's say on a cross. Your bones, are they're not broken, yeah. mm-hmm. but they're being stretched because he has yeah. to push up on, yeah. a, on a pierced legs to, to breathe. Yeah. And, but then he says, my heart 
And this is going to be very important when we look at the shroud and we talk about the wounds of Christ in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Because when he, he speared, out comes blood and water. His right. out, the cardiac right. embolism, uh -huh. we're going to see right. that. And then he says, my strength is dried up like a pot shirt. My tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. And here we see this whole idea. He's thirsting. He's suffering. And then he says in verse 16, what? For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Okay. And this is remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Dogs, Gentiles, they mm. surrounded me. Congregation of the wicked, Pharisees, scribes, murderers, Romans, wow. have surrounded me. And they pierce my hands and my feet. Again, at the time this was written a thousand years before Christ, that was not the motive of capital punishment. Mm -hmm. It was stoning. But notice, you see mm. lions, you see bulls, yeah. you see dogs. You see these animal metaphors? Yeah. But who's hanging on the cross? Christ. The lamb. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The lamb. Yeah. The lamb that was slain. Do you understand yeah. how yes. this poetry, you understand yeah. Hebrew yeah. poetry? But they pierced... And it says he's looking down at his body. And what does he say in verse 17? All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. See? That's yeah. his shame. Strip he's looking down at him. His own, and he, he, says, he's, he knows he's dying, of course. And he's just there hanging. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. mocking. Yeah. It's a joke. And look what it says in verse 18. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So here's the thing. Either... <laughs> Everything in the New Testament is wrong. It's fabricated. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 you know, or it fits perfectly. Mm. Like, you know, the pieces of the puzzle. When you start taking the old, it's like when you go to the, uh, get mm. eyeglasses and you get an eye exam and they start putting those little lenses. Can you see this? Can you mm. read that? Read that. It gets clearer mm -hmm. and clearer mm -hmm. and clearer. Mm -hmm. the, 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 we have a two-source authoritative system. Yeah. Old Testament, New Testament. Mm -hmm. Nobody else, no other philosophy, no other religion has a dual source. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's going to tell you something a thousand years in advance, what's going to happen with high specificity like yeah. this. Yeah. They gamble for my robes. Yeah. They pierce my hands and my mm -hmm. feet. I mean, how can this be? Right. Unless God, who's out of space and time, is, is, is influencing yeah. these writers, David, Absolutely. the psalmist. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. You know, John, the way you taught it to me uh, when we were getting started is you brought up the visualization of a sword. And you said the one side of the sword is the Old Testament, the other side of the sword is the New Testament, mm -hmm. and the deity of Christ connects. It's the tip of the, the sword, point, right. the mm. point of the sword. And so if you don't get that piece, you, you don't see the story in its entirety right. and how smooth it flows and how perfect mm -hmm. it connects up like a good puzzle. Mm -hmm. It's all there. Even though there's 45 different writers over 1,500 years, it's all the same story. Exactly right. Yeah. And so I, I think for me, once you explained it to me like that, and once I got that key piece about the Trinity, it, it all flowed together perfectly. It made a ton of sense. Yeah. It, it just, you know, if you go into the great cathedrals in Europe and yeah. they have these stained glass windows, mm -hmm. just remarkable artistry, you know. Right. But every one has a, a little pane of glass, mm -hmm. you know, and it might be red, it might be green. But when you step back, it's a full figure, let's, yeah. let's say of a saint of yeah. the Middle Ages or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when the sun is shining through there full blast, mm -hmm. every single color on that stained glass window is illuminated. Right. So too, think of the Word of God like that stained glass window. When the Holy Spirit comes and <clears> illuminates <throat> it, 
it gives us one central figure, and yeah. that's the person of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. And all we're doing here is looking like little bits and pieces. Yeah. And every now and then we step back and look at the whole. That's why Jesus says, search the scriptures, for they testify of me. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the, there's one verse I want to make sure I say it, because uh. I was excited when I found it. And, and it talks about Jesus pre-existed before the world was. Mm. In his prayer in John 17, 3, 5, Jesus both refers to his pre-existence and uses terminology that can only be used about deity. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you mm. before the world existed. Mm. That's very good, dude. Isn't that powerful? I mean, that, 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 that was a home run ball for me. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a verse that I'm going to use, you know, as, as I talk to new believers. Because mm. that really connects everything up. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, when you look at that, what, what he's being said there, that eternal nature of God. Mm -hmm. See, if Jesus has a beginning, he's not God. Angels had a beginning. You understand God uh -huh. created you. But think of a circle. It has no beginning in the end. And the way they expressed this in the Old Testament was Alpha and the Omega. In other words, you the beginning of the Greek Alpha, the end of it, it has, in a sense, that's there's no beginning, there's no end. Circular. Mm -hmm. And so when you turn to Revelation, uh, the book, book of Revelation, and you see John encounters Jesus. Of course, he's in his resurrected, ascended. He's in heaven when he gets this vision. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Revelation chapter 17, mm -hmm. Jesus comes to John and says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Mm -hmm. See, that's used in the book of Isaiah of God. And he says, and, and just so we don't have any doubt that this is not, because I've talked to Jehovah's Witness, they say, Well, that's God. That's he's but I said, look what he says in verse 18. Mm -hmm. I am he who lives and was dead. Hmm. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. So this is God saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, mm -hmm. but yet I was dead and I'm alive forevermore. That goes back to Zechariah chapter 12. You're there and look at me who appears. So you see this nature of God, eternal, but he enters into the human condition. He gets killed, but he, of course he's resurrected and ascended. Mm -hmm. And so that is rather a continual theme uh, in the scripture, if you look at chapter 2, uh, when Jesus speaks to the churches, and maybe somebody could read verse 8 and 9. Go ahead, Wanda. Of, to, of. Uh, Revelation. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Which chapter? Uh, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Okay, okay, sorry. Until the angel of the church in, Samir, in, in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them, which they which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So here again, he assigns that title to himself. I'm the first and the last. So there's no doubt or ambiguity. He says, I was dead and I was alive. Mm -hmm. So what we're coming up with is Jesus on his earth declares himself to be God. Jesus in his ascension declares himself to be God. Yeah. At the end of the book of Revelation, he says, last chapter, verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, mm -hmm. uh, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. What more can he say? He says, behold, I'm coming quickly, and my yeah. reward is with me yeah. to get everyone according to his work. 
Well, that's God. God says in the Old Testament, I'm going to come in clouds of glory, and I'm going to judge and give people rewards or give people um, yeah. penalties. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's very consistent all through the Scripture. You know, I use the, uh, the, the analogy or the example of the TV program, Undercover Boss. Mm-hmm. Because here you yeah. have the, the premise of the program is you have this CEO. He owns this <coughs> yeah. huge business corporation, <laughs> yeah. restaurants or yeah. warehouses. Yeah. Right. But one day he takes off this $2,000 suit. He leaves a corporate office and he puts on a mustache yeah. and he, yeah. he goes and works in the warehouse. He works uh-huh. in the kitchen. He gets to know his employees, all of this. Right. And then one day he goes back up, puts the suit back on, mm-hmm. calls these individuals in. And what does he do? Reveal he assesses, uh-huh. you did really good. I want to give you a promotion. Yeah. You didn't do so good. Yeah. I'm going to send you back for training. You see, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really beautiful model it of is. how Jesus left his glory, yes. took upon himself human flesh, walked amongst us, yeah. but displayed some of that power, raising the dead and walking on water, but got back up, put on the clothes of glory, and one day we'll all stand before him. Yeah. Why could he do Now, a man working in the warehouse or in the kitchen couldn't somehow go up to the corporate office and become the president. Mm-hmm. He would get stopped by security. It's like us trying to get into the White House, into the Oval Office. You get shot. if you could. But it's very easy for the king to take off his royal robes, come down, act like a peasant, and why he can do it, no problem. So why couldn't God come down amongst us? Yes, David. You know, we go back to that show, and I've seen that show. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, entrepreneur, I, I watch stuff like that. But you saw how excited they were to see their boss. Yeah. Mm, you would think you would think that we would get excited would to think. know that we have a personal relationship with Christ and He came down uh-huh. so that we could get into the gates of heaven. Yeah. What's more exciting than that? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, and, and when you push by all the material aspects of this world, there's a there's a guy that you know we saw the other day on video who wrote the cold case Christianity, mm-hmm. Jay Warner Wallace. And he was a detective. He handled all cold cases, Wanda. Mm-hmm. And he just said, you know, I used to be the type of guy that was focused on material wealth. I'm raising my hand over here. And all these other things in worldly dominion. Mm-hmm. And he said, now it doesn't matter. With my faith, I know that things are going to be provided for. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. It's a game changer. Mm-hmm. When you get that enthusiasm, if you get the Trinity right, mm-hmm. You rush to create disciples, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. primarily because you know we have limited time and you know what God did for us. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what, what uh, J. Warren Wallace said. He goes, I'm on a mission now. Yeah. You know, I, I first wasn't going to tell my cop friends I believe this until I could prove it out. Right. And he went through the whole model, 30 years, uh, of a guy that handled cold cases. Yeah. Could you imagine turning up data yeah. 30 years old and mm-hmm. saying, well, I only have this eyewitness account. It was very good for me because it helped me with the foundational issues, which again you taught me are basic. Mm. Mm. We got to get the Trinity. We got to get the fact that this is the Son of God. Then it all connects up. Mm -hmm. And you see that God, you know, He told us this over 1,500 years. I think, I don't want to say we're slow, but He wanted to paint the full picture. Right. And since, Mm -hmm. you know, the fall in the garden, we have been preparing this whole time for him to come. Yeah. Yeah. All the way through. That's what it's all about. Right. And yeah, so you bring up a good point, David. And the privilege we now have, the responsibility also, I mean, who are we? I mean, you know, we're just these little people on this planet. Mm -hmm. But if you can touch a person with Mm -hmm. the word of God through your life, through your words, Mm -hmm. and they, they change and they accept Christ. You've changed the whole trajectory of their life and their family mm. and future generations. 
That's why I always say you do not know what one life can yeah. do. One lit right. candle can go right. into a whole room full of unlit candles, mm -hmm. light every single one, go out of the room, and not have lost that light. Mm. Yeah. You see? Yeah. I always talk about a guy. When, 40 years ago, I was in the Army during the Vietnam War. I was stationed in Thailand. I was a medic. Yeah. We were in uh, central Thailand by the air base. One man that mm. I look back was a Christian. I mean, there was other Christians. I think some had bushels. They hid their light. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't one, okay? I wasn't. I was very much the prodigal. But one guy, he lived a straight-up life. He was a bright light. We, we thought he was strange. We ridiculed. We didn't persecute. We thought eh, he doesn't you know, drink and this. But his life touched my life in such a way that planted seeds that three years after my discharge from the Army, I accepted Christ. Yes. He never knew that. We don't know. Mm. Rhonda, you don't know. Mm -hmm. David, you yeah. don't know. Right. Where you're walking, where you're talking. Right. People are watching. Yeah. Especially if you intercede for people. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about this in classes that come. Basic thing I teach new missionaries when they're sharing Christ with people. Number one, always pray for the person first. Before you tell somebody yes. about Jesus, tell Jesus about that somebody. Yeah. Mm. So he can prepare their heart. Mm -hmm. Number two, do not try to convert them. Mm -hmm. Build trust. Yeah. If people know you're trying to out to convert them, they, they get defensive because they yeah. receive their belief system usually from their parents. So they get mm -hmm. very defensive. Mm -hmm. People like to buy, but they don't like to be sold. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number three, create curiosity about Jesus. Mm -hmm. We're coming into Christmas. Mm -hmm. Why do you think this worldwide, even in Bangkok, they put up Christmas. They don't know why, but they put up Christmas decorations. <laughs> create curiosity about Jesus. Number four, be ready to share your testimony. Amen. You are the world's expert on what happened to you. Amen. People might deny it. They might ridicule it. But you're the world's expert yeah. on what happened yeah. to you. Never yeah. minimize. Your, you know, once I was blind, but now I see. That guy didn't have too much theology, no. but he knew what he knew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Detective Walls was all, also an atheist. Wow. Uh, all the way through, his father still is. And he said the only thing that turned him was people praying for him. Mm. Then he said the veil opened where he could take a look at this uh, and feel like you know it was time to approach it. The, the difference between uh, the undercover boss and what we do with our faith is we haven't seen Jesus in the flesh. Right. Mm. And, you know, the, there's a scripture that, that I found the other day, 1 Peter 1, 8, 9. That's Though good. you have not seen him, you love him. Yeah. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him mm. and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and mm. filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Mm. That's a very important verse, David. Yeah. It, it's Having so, yeah. not seen him, yeah. you love him. Yeah. Right. That, that's what our face about. Mm. Though you do not see him, yet you believe. Yeah. Remember what Jesus said to Thomas? Yeah. Blessed are you, Thomas, for you see and believe. But more blessed... Those who do not see, but believe. But believe. Right. You know who that is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this is very important. I, yeah. I, I had an atheist friend, and I, you know, when I share the gospel, I, I don't get uh, yeah. anxious or I, I almost I enjoy it. You know, yeah. whatever. I don't care where the person's coming from. But he said to me, "I won't believe anything unless I see it." You know, he's very mm -hmm. much a naturalist. Mm -hmm. I said, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, unless I see it, I won't believe it." I says, "Have you ever seen your brain?" He goes, no. I go, do you believe you have one? <laughs> I, said, if we, I said, if we were really honest, there's so much in this world we don't see, but yeah. we rely on. Yeah. Think about gravity. Yeah, do absolutely. you see gravity? Yeah. No. No. But do we rely on gravity? Absolutely. Yeah, otherwise we'd be floating up into space. Mm -hmm. Do you see thought? No. Do you see speech? Air. No. Yeah. Air. Unless you live in L.A. Yeah. You, don't, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know? Yeah. 
what, there's so many things we don't see. So why can't we believe in a God who we don't see? Yeah. You know, it just means we're limited. Yeah. And one day as we get a resurrection body, I believe we'll be we, yeah. in. That's why I think we need a resurrection body. The, the light, the wattage is so intense. Mm-hmm. We need a new. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we're like toasters that you plug into a 220 yeah. and you know, just can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that idea that God is progressively revealing himself to us. But we can, even though we don't see him, we can have a surety uh, that he uh, exists. Yes. I've never been to Australia. I've never seen Australia. But I know Australia because credible people have told me about Absolutely. Australia. You see? But how much more credible is God? Amen. Especially in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But we're going to pick up on this Amen. in the shows to come. And yes. God willing, we'll have uh, Detective Warner. He's a retired homicide detective now. But maybe we can have him on a call-in. That'd be another great. show. Yes. And we hope to have special guests. And again... As we close this program, I want to pray, especially somebody might be listening today that's doubtful, that's curious, that may be going through a really difficult time. And uh, as this year starts coming to a close, you know, Jesus wants to give you that new life. He wants to give you that abundant life. And I'm just going to pray for a moment in closing. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you again for this show. Thank you for Wanda and Mark and everybody that helps make this possible. And we just thank you, Lord, that we can use these microphones to the, that your word might go out. And we know your word does not go out except it accomplishes what you intended for it. Yes. And I know, Lord, there could be somebody listening today that's far from you. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they think they've, they've gone too far and they cannot be forgiven. I don't know the situation. You do, Lord. I pray by your Holy Spirit you would touch that person where they're sitting by this radio this morning. And that you would indeed reveal yourself to him, Lord. You say you're not willing that any should perish, but that all may come to repentance. And so again, Lord, until we meet again, Lord, we just ask you to bless the listeners. We ask your blessing to bless each one of us and our families. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. We just ask you as our Heavenly Father to bless us that we in turn can be a blessing to many. And we pray all of these things for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.